Section twenty nine of Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tech Savvy. Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume One Exploration of the World by Jules Verne. Second Part, Chapter One. Part Three B in fifteen twenty six when the spaniards appeared on the coast for the first time the twelfth inca had lately married in defiance of the ancient law of the kingdom the daughter of the vanquished king of quito and had had a son of this marriage named atahualpa to whom he left this kingdom on his death which happened about fifteen twenty nine his eldest son huasca whose mother was descended from the Incas, had the remainder of his states. But this partition, so contrary to the customs established from time immemorial, caused such great discontent at Cusco, that Huasca, encouraged by his subjects, determined to march against his brother, who would not acknowledge him for his lord and master. Athawalpa, in his turn, had too lately tasted power to be willing to abandon it. He managed by bribes to attach to himself the greater part of the warriors who had accompanied his father during the conquest of quito and when the two armies met fortune favoured the usurper is it not curious to remark how both in peru and mexico the spaniards were aided by entirely exceptional circumstances in mexico some of the people who had recently submitted to the aztec race being mercilessly trampled upon by their conquerors welcomed the spaniards as deliverers in Peru, the strife between the two brothers, furious against each other, hinders the Indians from turning all their forces against the invaders, whom they might easily have crushed. Pizarro, upon receiving the envoy sent by Huasca to ask his aid against his brother Athahualpa, whom he represented as a rebel and usurper, saw at once all the advantages that might accrue to him from these circumstances he saw that by espousing the cause of one of the brothers he could more easily crush them both therefore he advanced at once into the interior of the country at the head of a very inconsiderable force consisting of sixty-two cavalry and one hundred and twenty foot soldiers of whom only twenty were armed with arquebuses and muskets he was obliged to leave part of his troops to guard san miguel in which pizarro reckoned upon finding a refuge in case of being unsuccessful and where in any case all supplies which might arrive could be landed pizarro made first for caxamalca a small town situated at about twenty days march from the coast to reach it he had to cross a desert of burning sand without vegetation and without water which extended for sixty miles in length as far as the province of matupi and where the slightest attack of the enemy joined to the sufferings endured by the little army would have been sufficient to crush the whole expedition at one blow next the troops plunged into the mountains and became entangled in narrow defiles where a small force might have annihilated them during this march pizarro received an envoy from Athawalpa bringing him some painted shoes and gold bracelets which he was requested to wear at his approaching interview with the inca naturally pizarro was lavish in his promises of friendship and devotion and assured that the indian ambassador that he should be only following the orders given him by the king 
his master in respecting the lives and the property of the inhabitants from the moment of this arrival at caxamalca pizarro prudently lodged his soldiers in a temple and palace belonging to the inca where they were sheltered from any surprise then he sent one of his brothers with de soto and twenty horse soldiers to the camp of atahualpa which was distant only three miles to announce to him his arrival the envoys of the governor were received with magnificence and were astonished at the multiplicity of the ornaments and vases made of gold and silver which they saw throughout the indian camp they returned bringing a promise from atahualpa that he would come on the next day to visit pizarro to bid him welcome to his kingdom at the same time the envoys gave an account of the wonderful riches they had seen which confirmed pizarro in the project which he had formed of seizing the unfortunate atahualpa and his treasures by treachery several spanish authors and notably zerate disguised these facts which no doubt appeared to them too odious and altogether denied the treachery towards atahualpa but at the present day there are extant many documents which force the historians to believe with robertson and prescott in the perfidy of pizarro it was very important for him to have the inca in his own hands and to employ him as a tool just as cordes had done with montezuma he therefore took advantage of the honesty and simplicity of atahualpa who placed entire confidence in pizarro's protestations of friendship and so was thrown off his guard to arrange an ambuscade into which atahualpa was certain to fall there was not a scruple in the disloyal soul of the conqueror he was as cool as though he were about to offer battle to enemies who had been the forewarned of his approach this infamous treason must be an eternal dishonor to his memory pizarro divided his cavalry into three small squadrons left all his infantry in one body and his arquebusiers on the road in which the inca must pass and kept twenty of his most determined companions near himself atahualpa wishing to give the spaniards a great idea of his power advanced the whole of his army he himself was borne upon a kind of bed decorated with feathers covered with plates of gold and silver and ornamented with precious stones he was accompanied by his principal nobles carried like himself on the shoulders of their servants and he was surrounded by dancers and jesters such a march was more that of a procession than of an army as soon as the inca had nearly reached the spanish quarters father vincent valverde the chaplain of the expedition who was afterwards made a bishop as a reward for his conduct advanced with the crucifix in one hand and his breviary in the other in an indeterminable discourse he set forth to the monarch the doctrine of the creation the fall of the first man the incarnation passion and resurrection of jesus christ the choice made by god of saint peter to be his vicar upon earth the power transmitted through him to the popes and the gift made by pope alexander to the king of castile of all regions of the new world when he had expounded all these doctrines he called upon atahualpa to embrace the christian religion to recognize the supreme authority of the pope and to submit to the king of castile as his legitimate sovereign if he submitted immediately valverde undertook to promise that the king his master would take peru under his protection and allow him to continue to reign there but he declared war against him and threatened him with fearful vengeance if he refused to obey and persevered in his impiety 
to say the least of it this was a singular scene and a very strange harangue alluding to facts which were utterly unknown to the peruvians and of the truth of which a more skilful orator than velvet would not have succeeded in persuading them if we add that the interpreter knew so little of the spanish language that it was almost an impossibility for him to translate what he scarcely understood himself and that the peruvian language lacked words to express ideas so foreign to its genius we shall not be much surprised to learn that athawalpa understood almost nothing of the spanish monk's discourse some sentences however which attacked his own power filled him with surprise and indignation but he was none the less moderate in his reply he said that a master of his own kingdom by right of succession he could not see how any one had the power to dispose of it without his consent he added that he was not at all willing to renounce the religion of his fathers to adopt one of which he had only heard that day for the first time with regard to the other points touched upon in the discourse he understood nothing it was a thing entirely new to him and he would much like to know where valverde had learned so many wonderful things in this book replied valverde handing him his breviary athawalpa received it with eagerness and turned over some of the leaves with much more curiosity then putting it to his ear he exclaimed what you show me there does not speak to me and tells me nothing with this he flung the book upon the ground this served as a signal for the combat or rather for the massacre cannon and muskets came into play the cavalry sprang forward and the infantry fell sword in hand upon the stupefied peruvians in a few moments the confusion was at its height the indians fled on all sides without attempting to defend themselves as to athawalpa although his principal officers tried to make a rampart of their own bodies while they carried him off pizarro sprang upon him dispersed or overthrew his guards and seizing him by his long hair threw him down from the litter in which he was carried only the darkness could arrest the carnage four thousand indians were killed a great number wounded and three thousand taken prisoners an incontestable proof that there was no real battle is that of all the spaniards pizarro alone was hit and he received his wound from one of his own soldiers who was too precipitately endeavouring to seize upon the inca the booty collected in the camp and from the dead exceeded anything the spaniards could have imagined and their enthusiasm was proportioned to the conquest of such riches at first athawalpa bore his captivity with resignation which may have been partly due to Pizarro's doing all he could see to soothe them, at least by words. But the Inca, soon understanding the unbridled covetousness of his jailers, made a proposal to Pizarro to pay him ransom, and to have a room of twenty-two feet in length by sixteen in width filled as high as the hand could reach with vases, utensils, and ornaments of gold pizarro eagerly agreed to this and the captive inca dispatched the necessary orders to once to all the provinces these were carried out promptly and unmurmuringly beyond this the indian troops were disbanded and pizarro was able to send soto and five spaniards to cusco a town situated more than six hundred miles from caxamalca while he himself subjugated all the country within a circuit of three hundred miles in the meantime almagro landed with two hundred soldiers there had been set aside for him and his men with what regrets may easily be imagined 
hundred thousand pesos as Spanish coin, a fifth was reserved for the king, and this left one million five hundred and twenty-eight five hundred pesos to be divided between the Pizarro and his companions. This product of pillage and massacre was solemnly divided between those entitled to it on the festival of St. James, the patron saint of Spain, after fervent prayer to God. A deplorable mixture this of religion and profanity, too common, unfortunately, in these times of mingled superstition and avarice. Each horse soldier received eight thousand pesos as a share, and each foot soldier four thousand, which would be equivalent to about sixteen hundred and eight hundred sterling. This was enough to satisfy the most exacting soldier after a campaign which had been neither long nor difficult. Many of the adventurers wished to enjoy this unexpected good fortune in a peaceable manner in their own country, and eagerly asked for their dismissal. The Pizarro granted without hesitation, for he felt sure that the news of their rapidly acquired wealth would soon bring him new recruits. With his brother, Ferdinand, who went to Spain to give the emperor an account of Pizarro's triumph and some splendid presents, went sixty Spaniards, laden heavy indeed with money, but lightly with remorse. As soon as Atahualpa's ransom was paid, he claimed his freedom, but Pizarro, who had only saved his life, that he might make all the treasures of Peru his own and shelter himself under the prestige and authority which the Inca still exercised over his subjects, was soon varied by his entreaties. He suspected him also of having for some time secretly given orders to levy troops in the distant provinces of the empire besides atahualpa having soon discovered that pizarro was no better educated than one of the lowest of his soldiers felt in consequence a contempt for the governor which unfortunately he could not conceal such were the reasons all trivial as they were which determined pizarro to prepare for the trial of the inca nothing could have been more hateful than his trial in which almagro and pizarro were at the same time both suitors and judges the heads and the accusation were so ridiculous and absurd that one is in doubt whether to be most surprised by the effrontery of the wickedness of pizarro in subjecting the head of a powerful empire over which he had no jurisdiction to such an inquiry atahualpa being found guilty was condemned to be burnt alive but as he had at length asked to be baptized that he might rid himself of the importunities of velvet his enemies content himself with strangling him. A worthy counterpart this of Guatemozin's execution. These were amongst the most atrocious and odious deeds committed by the Spaniards in America, which, however, they were sullied themselves with every imaginable crime. Among this herd of adventurers there were still some men who had retained sentiments of honor and self-respect. They protested loudly against this perversion of justice, but their generous mispleadings were stifled by the selfish declamations of Pizarro and his worthy assistants. The governor now raised one of Atahualpa's son to the throne under the name of Paul Inca, but the civil war between the two brothers and the events which had occurred since the arrival of the Spaniards had done much to loosen the ties which bound the Peruvians to their kings, and this young man, destined soon to die in an egg nominis death had scarcely more authority than monco Quipac, the son of huasca who was acknowledged by the inhabitants of cusco soon after this some of the principal people in the country even tried to carve for themselves kingdoms out of the empire of peru such was Rimenegi, 
the commandant of Quito, who caused the brother and the children of Athawalpa to be massacred, and declared himself independent. Discord reigned in the Peruvian camp, and the Spaniards resolved to take advantage of it. Pizarro advanced rapidly upon Cusco. The small number of his forces having been the only reason which had prevented him from doing so sooner. Now that a crowd of adventurers attracted by the treasures which had been brought back to Panama, vied with each other in hasting to Peru, now that he could assemble five hundred men. After leaving an important garrison at St. Miguel, under Benal Cazar's command, Pizarro had no further reason for delay. On the way some skirmishes took place with large bodies of troops, but they ended as always with severe losses to natives, and a very insignificant one to the Spaniards. When they entered Cusco and took possession of the town, the invaders showed surprise at the small quantity of gold and precious stones which they found there, although it far exceeded Athawalpa's ransom. Was this because they were becoming accustomed to the riches of the country, or because there was a larger number to share in them? Meanwhile, Benal Khazar, being very of inaction, took advantage of the arrival of a reinforcements from Nicaragua and Panama to set out for Quito, where, according to the Peruvians, Athawalpa had left the greater part of his treasure. He placed himself at the head of eighty horse soldiers and hundred and twenty infantry, defeated on several occasions. Ruminagi, who disputed his passage, and thanks to his prudence and cleverness, he entered Quito victorious, but did not find there what he sought, this is to say, the treasures of Althawalpa. At the same time, Peter de Alvado, who had so signally distinguished himself under Cortes, and who had been made governor of Guatemala, as a reward for his services, pretended to believe the provinces of Quito was not included in Pizarro's command, and organized an expedition consisting of five hundred men, two hundred of whom were cavalry. Landing at Porto Viejo, he wished to reach Quito without a guide, by going up the Guaquil River and crossing the Andes. This road has always been one of the worst and the most trying that it is possible to choose. Before they had reached the plain of Quito, after horrible sufferings from hunger and thirst, without speaking of the burning cinders, hurled from the crater of Chimborazo, a volcano near Quito, and the snowstorms which assailed them, the fifth part of the band of adventurers and half the horses had perished. The remainder were completely discouraged and quite unfit for fighting. It was therefore with the greatest surprise and some uneasiness that they found themselves face to face, not with a body of Indians as they had expected, but with a party of Spaniards under the command of Almagro. The latter were preparing to charge when some of the more moderate among the officers caused an arrangement to be entered into by virtue of which Alvarado was to withdraw to his own province after receiving hundred thousand pesos to defray the expenses of the armament. Ferdinand Pizarro had set sail for Spain while these events were happening in Peru, feeling sure that the immense quantity of gold, silver, and precious stones which he took with him would secure him a warm welcome. He obtained for his brother Francisco the confirmation of his appointment as governor. With more extended powers, he himself was made a knight of the order of St. Iago. As for Almagro, he was confirmed in his title of Adelantado, and his jurisdiction was extended six hundred miles without, however, its limits being very strictly refined, which left the door open for many contests and all kinds of arbitrary interpretations. 
ferdinand pizarro had not reached peru again when almagro having learned that a special government had been assigned to him pretended at cuzco formed part of it and made preparations for its conquest but Juan and gonzalo pizarro had no intention of allowing themselves to be robbed and the parties were on the point of becoming to blows when francisco pizarro who is often called marquis or the great marquis arrived at the capital almagro had never forgiven francisco pizarro the duplicity which he had displayed in his negotiation with charles v nor the coolness with which he had claimed for himself at the expense of his two friends the principal share of authority and the most extended government but as almagro met with great oppositions to his designs and as he was not the stronger he concealed his vexation put a good face on the matter and seemed delighted at reconciliation they renewed their partnership therefore says zaret on condition that don diego de almagro should go and discover the country on this outside and if he found it any that was really good they should ask his majesty to make the governor of it but that if he found nothing to suit him they should share don francisco's government between them this arrangement was made very solemnly and they took their oath upon the consecrated wafer and for the future they would undertake nothing against one another some say that almagro swore that he would never encroach either upon cusco or on the surrounding country within three hundred and ninety miles even if his majesty should give him the government of it they add that turning towards the holy sacrament he pronounced these words lord if i violate the oath that i now take i pray that thou wilt confound me and punish me both in my body and my soul after this solemn agreement which was destined to be observed with a little fidelity at the first almagro made his preparations for departure thanks to his well-known liberality as much as to his reputation for courage he gathered together five hundred and seventy men of being equal numbers of cavalry and infantry which he set out by land for chile the journey was an extremely trying one and the adventurers suffered severely from the intense cold while crossing the andes they had also to deal with the very warlike tribes unsoftened by any civilization who assailed them with a fury of which nothing they had seen in peru had given them any idea almagro could no longer make any settlement for he had scarcely been two months in the country where he heard that the indians in peru had revolted and the massacred the greater part of the spaniards whereupon he immediately retraced his steps after the new partnerships had been assigned between the conquerors pizarro had returned to the provinces bordering on the sea in which he could establish a regular government there being no longer anything to dread from resistance for a man who had never studied legislation he had drawn up some very wise rules for administration of justice for the collection of taxes the apportionment of indians and the working of the mines some parts of the conquistadors character were doubtless very open to criticism but it is only just to recognize that he was not wanting in enlarged ideas but he was conscientious in playing his part as the founder of the great empire this it was which made him hesitate long before choosing the future capital of spanish possessions cusco had did the recommendation of having been the residence of the incas but this town situated more than four hundred miles from the sea was very distant from quito of which the importance seemed to pizarro to be extreme 
before long he was struck with the beauty and fertility of the great valley watered by a stream called the remac there in fifteen thirty six he established the seat of his dominion soon the city of kings or lima as it is called by a corruption of this name of the river which flows at its feet assumed the aspect of a great city owing to the magnificent palace and the sumptuousness residence for officers which pizarro caused to be built there while these cares kept pizarro far from his capital small bodies of troops sent in different directions penetrated into the most distant provinces of the empire with the object of extinguishing the last smouldering embers of resistance so many of the soldiers were employed in this way that they remain in cusco itself but a very small body of troops the inca who had remained in the hands of the spaniards thought this an opportune moment for fomenting a general rising in which he earnestly hoped that the foreign government might be overthrown although closely guarded he contrived to take his measures with so much skill that he did not arouse the suspicions of his oppressors he obtained permission even to be present at a grand fete which was to be held at several miles distance from cusco and for which the most distinguished persons in the empire had met together as soon as the inca appeared the standard of the revolt was raised the country was soon in arms from the confines of the province of quito as far as chile and a number of small detachments of spaniards were surprised and destroyed cusco defended by the three brothers pizarro but about hundred and seventy spaniards were exposed for eight consecutive months to the incessant attacks of the peruvians who had now become an expert in the use of arms which they had taken from their enemies the conquerors made a most valiant resistance but experienced some severe losses especially that of juan pizarro almagro left chile in the greatest haste crossed the stony and the sandy desert of atacama where he suffered as severely from heat and drought as he had done in the andes from cold and snow penetrated into the peruvian territory defeated manco capac in a great battle and succeeded in approaching the town of cusco after having driven away the indians he then tried to get the town given up to him on the pretext that it was not included in pizarro's government and violating a truce during which the followers of the marquis were taking a short rest he entered cusco seized both ferdinand and gonzalo pizarro and had acknowledged himself as a governor end of second part chapter three part one a Recording by Tech Savvy, www.techsavvy.wordpress.com.